give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Abraham Lincoln. Bending Not Breaking, Season 3, Episode 10, The Day of the Black Sun, Part 1, The Invasion. And welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. Way to peek the microphone. Every time. Did is I that like a goal? Like, is that a goal of yours? No, sometimes I just like to make sure that people are excited for what's about to come, you know? Sometimes you gotta really you just hurt my ears. It's not like I'm not even expecting it to be that loud. Well, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. I'm Ben Pruitt. And this is Bending Not Breaking. And as always, tickling the dials, we've got the one, the only, Max Gongaware. Max, how you doing today, bud? Uh, Fine. Ben, how are you doing? I'm I'm still questioning why Max just waved because the listeners can't see that. The, the camera, Ben. What? Look at the camera. There is no camera. Yeah, our turn, gold, turn to your right and our look. gold patrons get the YouTube live feed. No. Yeah, look at the camera no, to the right. <laughs> no, there's nothing there. Why are you making me look? There's nothing there. Gongo, we're right in the morning. Okay. <laughs> Please don't have him look to his right because that is not where his microphone is. Yeah. So look with your eyes to the right to see... Today we're talking about Avatar <laughs> the, the Last Airbender, The Day of Black Sun, Part 1, The Invasion, through a lens of preparation. Which I didn't watch this episode as a way to demonstrate what happens when you don't, when you don't prepare. prepare. So I did prepare, you didn't prepare. Max, did you prepare? No, but I did recently watch Scar sing about preparation. What? Be prepared. Surely you would have gotten <laughs> that on, one. Come on, Dan. No, I didn't get the reference, but now I get it. <laughs> I actually watched the episode through a lens of preparation. I couldn't leave you hanging like that, Ben. Oh, that's so kind, because Max is the one who's not prepared, you have to remember. He is not prepared, but... I'm prepared to do my part of this podcast. Yeah, which, to be fair, we didn't ever tell him to watch it as a part of the job description. That's fair. Well, he should watch it. I agree. But... To prepare for life. Yeah, Right? Am I right? I'm pretty well prepared anyway, so... All right, Ben, I I typically make you do the recap, even on days I'm supposed to, but I know that today is a day that I am supposed to do the recap. Indeed, you're so honest. And I will will take my 30 seconds and I will do Did you prepare for this recap? No, I mean, I take notes on the episode. Cool, 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 cool. But I didn't, like, type up my 30-second elevator pitch. That's... That's good. I mean, maybe it'll be more authentic that way. I don't know. All right, we're going to put 30, 30 seconds, seconds on, on the, the clock. clock, and we are going to start in 3, 2, 1, go. Aang wakes up and is ready to face the Fire Lord. Aang reveals that he can't connect to the Avatar state, and then we re-meet all the enforcements, like Haru and Who and, and, and Hippo and the Boulder, and Pants are an illusion, and so is Death. Uh, then we get to see Iroh, <laughs> who is getting tea, but then he tells Ming, like, hey, you shouldn't be here this afternoon. You're not feeling well. Sokka tries to give a speech, but he doesn't seconds. do very well. Uh, but then they prepare, and they go through, and then submarines exist. And then they fight, and then they realize that the Avatar's not, or the Fire Lord's not there. And then Zuko leaves the Fire Palace. And time. That was decent. Well, there's a lot of fight scenes in this, and so it's very easy to kind of just say, like, and they fight. And then that's, and then you know, on. 15 yeah. minutes of the episode. That's fair. That's fair. Well done. I've been getting the easy ones recently. Yeah, I think that's unfair. It's just the way the system is. Mm. 
So we should analyze the system instead of the person. We should analyze the system next time. But right now, mm. we just alternate, and so that's how it's panned out. Cool, 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 cool. Let's talk about preparation, shall we? Yeah, I think we should. What is it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, what is preparation? Uh, the action or, or process of making ready, being ready for use or consideration. Mm, I can tell you. I can tell you. Look that up. I did. I prepared that way. I didn't. Well, it's yeah. Well, I did. So that's why we're on a team together. Oh, I love that. Um, for me, growing up, it was one of those things that uh, I was. I remember. Uh, prior, proper preparation prevents poor performance that's so alliterative which is why i think you know this teacher of mine told us that it's not true all the time preparation prevents poor for poor poor performance but it's that's not always true okay Um, okay okay and i think we'll get we'll get into some of this there because there's this idea and i think um Let's, are we ready to just jump in? I mean, sure. Let's do it. But uh, really, the moment that first hits for me is really Sokka. Yeah, like right off the bat. Um, and I love that, one, I love that his father is, is giving him the, the opportunity to work on these skills, to work on his leadership, to, to take ownership of this invasion. Yeah. I love that. I love that he steps in to help. Sokka really feels dejected throughout this because of how poorly he he, he gives the speech because he can't public speak well. Mm-hmm. He feels he feels the hurt around that, and I feel for him. And he, I, we don't know how well he prepared. We didn't get to see that moment of him preparing for this speech. We definitely don't see him prepare for the speech. But one of the things he does, he's prepared for this day. Yes. Right? He is very He's got maps. very prepared for this day. He's been planning this day for a long long time. And I think I think you're you're putting your finger on it when he, I think it's the public speaking portion and like putting all of the things that he has prepared into a simple motivation speech versus like he goes into like full detail well this is for them from the beginning and so ang and i katara and i found ang an iceberg and then like yeah storytelling might not be a strong suit yeah but and then he gets he gets i think he's proud of his dad i think he recognizes and respects his father and the ability he has to inspire in this moment and he feels dejected that he doesn't have that skill and i think it's important that you prep for each situation that you're going into but that preparation is also helping you get better over time, right? So it's not like his preparation early was not enough or that it wasn't important. He still gets to be more prepared, but it, that's what practice is. That's what this idea that you have to do things and work and, and fail at things to learn and grow and become as good of a public speaker as Saka's dad is. Um, which, why in the world can I not pronounce his name right now? Hakoda. And thank you. Um you have to do the he's been he's lived a life where he's been able to public speak and lead these men and that's why he's able to speak so eloquently and inspire the way that he does but he's probably been through times where he hasn't done well at that i'm certain and right? so i think that's an important takeaway for us is this understanding of when you are prepping for something you are not just prepping for the that one moment but you're also practicing and prepping for the future moments that you don't know about yet uh, whether that's in your leadership or your public speaking or anything that you're trying to do 
over and over again is that it takes failing at things. Well, I think that's that's a great way to think about your failures is that every failure is a data point in your preparation for the future, right? Every failure, and I think that's what makes failure an, an, an like an imperfect word because failures cease to become failures as soon as you learn from them, right? And so by very nature of the of the word, they, it ceases to become so. And I find that really interesting. And I think about that, how that is a moment, every failure is an act of preparation for, for your future. I think that's a really cool way of thinking about it. Well, I think it's important that sometimes you don't have a moment like this to prep for, but you can still prep and practice things that you can practice public speaking. You can practice those things even if you don't have that one moment. It helps if you have that moment that you're working towards. Um, but each of those things that you're doing right now is affecting what, how you're going to behave in the future. Um, and I think that that's important. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's very fair. Uh, can we go back to Sokka, though, but at the very, very beginning? Like, the first thing we see with Sokka is he, he's spending quite a, a bit of time preparing for this invasion. We see him studying these maps in the very beginning. But what we see also is a different kind of preparedness, where K Katara took the time to prepare a nice drink for him. And when others are spending time, uh, they are literally spending as in like month, think of it as a, like money. You are spending the time that you have because our time is finite, right? And when we are spending our time, that implies that we do not have the time to spend on other things like taking care of ourselves. And so Katara is spending her preparatory time taking care of Sokka when he is choosing to take care of this this mission. And I find that to be really compelling because the the concept of time being not infinite and being finite is I think really important in how we value it. And so when when people are spending time preparing for something, that's showing what they value, right? And Sokka spends so much time. We see all the way back to like the painted lady where he's like, "No, I have this full detailed account of exactly how we're going to get to this moment." And he's been spending weeks, months preparing for this day. And we see Katara taking her time to take care and make this, take this time to prepare something for Sokka. And I think that's really beautiful. Oh, that really speaks to me about what the way Zuko's leaving through yes, this episode. Yes, I agree. Um, yes. And the, and the note that he prepares for May and the way that he packs and his intention around being in front of his mother's picture. And it's it really, a, and it really just highlights that same, that idea that, that being prepared, taking time, is a way to show that you care. Yes, it is a signal of care. And I believe that, that, that what a beautiful moment where like Zuko takes the time to write this letter for May. And I think that in hindsight, like if I were May and I got this letter, I would be, frankly, have a similar response that she does. She gets, she's mad. He betrayed her. He left her. And if I think about it now from this perspective, like he took this time on this day where he's been grappling with so much and he took the time to write her that letter. And I think it's really beautiful. I think it's really gorgeous. Absolutely. Um, uh, it, it really speaks to, I think, the growth of, of Zuko's character and, and the empathy that he's starting to feel for others. Um, and taking the time to do that, I think, kind of speaks to that. I love it. Yeah. Um, we, we do see a little bit of Sokka's preparation yield results which i think we don't always do right like sometimes we're planting seeds in the garden we never get to see right sure um but we're we're Sokka does this as he he speaks to hakoda and says did you get all the men 
did you get all the men that I told you to get, uh, or all the people that I told you to get to, to round up for this? And so we see them show up, and I'm super excited to see the Swamp Benders, and I'm super excited to see the Boulder and, and all of these characters we've met before show back up. But they're showing up united around a cause, uh, and then Sokka's really been the person planning all of that. Yeah. And I think that does speak to his leadership. But even when he's so prepared, when he's focused so much on preparing for one thing, it's tough to to see the benefits or the um, the results that are yielded from prior preparedness. Um, and I think it's important to kind of recognize and celebrate those as they happen as well. You know, and th- that really ties into something that I want to talk about with Iroh. So, Iroh and Ming, their relationship is uh, brought to us really in this episode where. Uh, Ming has spent her time building relationship with Iroh. And that has been really beautiful. Like, he uh, is being treated so poorly by the other guards. And she's the only one that we see who is laying the foundation of a relationship. And I think that if we see that as... If we look at that through preparation, it seems like anytime we are engaging... Uh, are we more prepared, rather, to engage with the world when we have built empathic, strong, foundational relationships? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, but, yes. Like, right? And so, like, duh. But, like, it's one of those things where if I think about it that way, okay, every time I am kind to someone, I am preparing myself to be more equipped to handle the future. And I think that Ming is demonstrating this here. And I think it goes to your point with Sokka. He has spent this whole series up to this point building relationships with people and typically being pretty kind he's a a pretty kind with everybody now there are times where he is scared yes um and and that becomes a barrier to his compassion and kindness but overall he's he's a pretty compassionate character yeah well and it's not just Sokka it's the preparation of all of Aang's kindness all of Katara's kindness all of them building up these relationships with people Toph's even with the relationships that they've had and built over time prepared them for this moment more than they realized until this moment when they all show up. And I think that's really integral to our lives and our takeaway from preparedness is you talked about like, you don't often see the seeds uh, grow into a garden when you plant them, but like these are a few flowers that we're seeing come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Right. And how beautiful is that? It's unbelievably beautiful, but I think it makes this point of this compassion, these relationships, when you need support, and people to show up for you, they're more likely to do it if that compassion, that foundation, that relationship is there. Mm. Um, mm, mm, mm. And so the way that Ming approaches Iroh with empathy and compassion and his humanity in mind um, and the benefit that that yields for her and I think for Iroh, right? The, yes, the hope for that both, that yields right? For him, is easily something to way to look at our own justice system and say, how do we do that? Um, on top of the massive amounts of other reforms that should be there, but how do we do that? If we start treating individuals with humanity and empathy and seeing the good in them and seeing the potential in them versus a, I'm coming in to mock you to beat you. Absolutely. Look down upon you. There's a, there's a difference in the outcome the end outcome when you do those things. Well, and it just, so again, we've talked about this, I think before on, on this podcast, but this, this concept of um, 
what we say and how we nurture children and how we nurture people matters. And one of the like specificity is really important there. And so we talked, I think we've mentioned Michael Brandwine in the past, but he's a, a camping expert, but he's really an expert in building relationship through camp. And one of the things that he talks about is like the levels, different layers of how we praise children and specificity with which we do that. So level one level of praise is, Hey, you picked up a piece of trash. Thank you. Right. Wow. Or I guess that's level two, even level two, level one is just, Hey, thank you. Like not thanking them specifically or good job. Like not really getting into specifics. Level two is being specific. Hey, thank you for picking up that piece of trash. Good job. Level three is, Hey, thank you for picking up that piece of trash. That's very responsible of you. You're connecting it to a character trait, right? So that's level three, level four, which is what we're aiming for. Hey, Thank you for picking up that piece of trash. That's very responsible of you. You know who's responsible? Doctors. Uh, and, you know, like doctors require a lot. And so what you're doing is you're connecting the dots for the person that you're talking to saying, hey, I see potential in you to become something, to become and whatever you choose to put in that final one is really important. But. I, I, I think that that's really important in terms of how are we preparing people for their future by nurturing their potential, right? And I think we can nurture their potential in every human being by seeing things that they cannot see in themselves and then uplifting those things. Uh, let's talk about the, the, the mechanic. Uh, uh, what's – I don't know mechanic. I think he's described as the mechanic, it's actually. Sokka calls mechanist. him the, the mechanist. The yeah. mechanist. That moment of Sokka's design was really great. I love that we get these moments of no, dude, you're ready for this, um, because they just told that to Aang the prior episode. No, you're ready for this. You can do this. You've prepared. You're you're good. And I love seeing those moments come to to realization for Sokka of, yeah, this this idea of a submarine was yours and is brilliant and we are ready for this well and it's amazing how often we talk ourselves down and we pass the buck off and say no 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 it's all his like it's all him it's all him it's all him and he's very quick to be like no Sokka this was your idea claim it own it and I think that's really beautiful and like helping people claim their power and stand in their truth is really helping people prepare for the future as well we accept the love we think we deserve and so we accept the praise we think we deserve and that moment of Sokka still not feeling like he's worthy of this. And we don't really see that until the end um, when his father gets severely injured, him taking that mantle. And here's what I love. I think he understands that it's not going to be perfect. I think he understands he's not going to be perfect and he's going to do it anyways. And I think that that's a really important moment. We can prepare for scenarios A through Z. And there's still likely going to be a double A scenario that, sh- that shows up, even even when you prepare. It, and it's- so let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk about that. So the, the the invasion was planned out. This is the day they have to do it because of the eclipse, right? They are locked into this scenario where there's an eight minute window where there's an eclipse, right? And gotta get to the Fire Lord. Yep, this is what we have to do. Yeah, exactly. And so, but but my question is. Like, as you were talking about, any preparation should have a contingency plan. Like, if there is one thing that I've learned from Survivor, it's that you have to assume that your plan won't go according to how you plan. To plan. Right? And so, like, did anybody ask what they would do if someone leaked information to the Fire Nation? 
did like and so, like because they are op. It seems as though they're operating under the assumption that they don't that the Fire Nation doesn't know this is happening, and I feel like my survivor training has taught me to ask the question, what if I want to, I just want to specify when you say survivor training, you literally mean watching the show. Yeah. Not like I, yeah. Survival. Yeah. Training I've watched 35 the... seasons of survivor yeah, at this okay, point. Great. So just wanted um, to be very clear. No, I'm training to get on the show yes, of survivor absolutely. by watching every season. Yeah. Yeah. You're preparing for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. So, but going back to yes, this, correct. right? What are, what are your thoughts on this? Like, did it, did anyone ask that question? Because my answer is is no. I think they could have, but this is also something that that Ozai knows is coming, and regardless of a possible invasion, it might be taking that precaution anyways, right? I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be hidden for these eight minutes because even if nothing's going to happen, I'm only wasting eight minutes of my day, versus. He could have known. I think it's more than eight minutes. I think it's the whole day. Because sure, like, you but, have to think about all the other things involved in that. But I see your point, regardless. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. But And again, but I think you can have plans A through Z through F. Max, you just want me to keep naming letters? R. W. Q. We're already past that. I think A w. through Z covered it. When you just said that. Right. Well, I'll, I'll Google it, though. Yeah. Check it. <laughs> As your producer. If you I'll, need to, well, we can edit it in post. Um, I think one of the things you just have to be prepared for, especially right now, is that you can prep and do the best job of prepping for everything that is in front of you, and you still have to be okay with every plan potentially not happening in that way and, and showing a little bit of flexibility to be able to say – all right, now we've got a new obstacle that we've got to navigate. Because um, I think that's very real. Sometimes you plan and you plan and you plan, and it still doesn't go that way, well, and, so and you've what, got to be able to navigate So what that. part of preparation for any situation is preparing to be adaptable, right? Does that make sense? So like, oh, absolutely. Like being adaptable is, a, is a, a core trait that I would want in anybody on my team, right? And, and I, I think adaptability is really important, but it, at some point you can, you can train people. Adaptability is a skill. It's mm -hmm. not something that just like people are or are not. It's something that you can develop and cultivate. And so I think we can prepare our teams and prepare people to be able to make judgment calls and to be able to be adaptable in times of stress, right? Right? Absolutely. It, yeah. I, I, so how do we do that? How do we, do we see that? Is there a moment where this is, where that happens? What are your thoughts? I, I think we do see that. I think we see that with a moment that Sokka has to get on Appa I'll, and then get them into the Mighty Ducks Flying V uh, and reform them. He gets them into the little V, and, and he does a really good job of taking the leadership and, and the command over um, to continue to push forward towards uh, the Fire Nation Palace. And that wasn't initially the plan, but he needed that to happen. Um, and I think that that's a small example of, yeah, you got to be able to, to really sit there and say, all right, what are my resources that I have? Here's where I'm at. This wasn't what I planned for, but now I need to, to, to take, take time to process my thoughts, get it together, and move forward. And I think that sometimes has to happen. Um, and I think he does it well in that moment. Interesting. But how, how, do you, how do you do that for us? How do we do that? How do we develop that skill or practice that skill? Because I would argue that sometimes... So, so I think the first part of it, it was we have to name it. 
We have to name you that. Name it, you can tame if it. You, yes. Yeah, thank you, Cricket, for giving us that. I don't know that that was actually on the It might on, have been off mic, but off that's, mic, it's a but, wonderful sentiment for sure. Yeah, like, and God, I can't wait for her to come back. Hopefully she does. Um, oh. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I've got a surprise. Stop it. Did you get her already? She's coming back. Yes! I'm so excited. But for what episode? We'll find out. Oh, that's so good. I love that. I'm glad. I love her. I lost track of where I was. Let's be if adaptable. you name it, you can tame it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's our answer. Like, if you can name it, you can tame it. So how do we, when we're working on teams, when we're working with people, how do we first literally say, hey, adaptability is something that we want to cultivate on our team. Like, how can we do that? And then ask your team. Like, talk to your team about that. Talk to the people who you're trying to work with and be adaptable with and say, what are ways that we can be adaptable in future, right? And help help them help you because i think and i think what can happen sometimes is I, I think about me personally and i think about people i've worked with and when you get these moments where it becomes overwhelming or something doesn't go as planned you almost get that fight flight or freeze in a work form and we get defensive too yeah right? so we either we either drop the ball on everything because something changed so that's that's almost that freeze moment right yeah um we become overstressed and we 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 flee the situation as much as we possibly can or we get defensive and we fight and we because we feel like we're, we're not in control and so we get defensive we get angry we, we blame others um instead of understanding that is some some situations are yep some somebody could have done something differently to prevent this but they didn't and we're here now and we need to we need to figure it out and move forward and so I think you're right. Naming it helps. Talking about it helps. Well, but then also sitting there and say, I've dealt with something like this before. And I think experience comes into play. And as we talk about preparing for things, we've talked about the 70-20-10 model before when it comes to learning new skills. 70% mm -hmm. um, of that is on the job doing the skill that you are, are trying to do. Yep. It is playing piano. And it is crocheting things and doing it. You're going to learn as you do all of this. Shout right? out to our favorite crocheter. She's out there making making things. Jessica, y'all. She's super um, cool. But 70% of that is is doing the skill. Yeah. 20% of that is this formalized feedback on the skill um, and coaching. And then 10 of it is distinct like curriculum training on on the yep. skill that you're reading doing. books getting training absolutely so, so when you're preparing a lot of times when we think we're preparing we are doing the formalized training we yep. are doing the coaching but we forget that 70 percent of that is the doing and failing and like failing, we were talking about and earlier, do right? and so you to so i think that comes to part of it is as these new things pop up and you have to be adaptable Doing and failing and learning and doing and failing and learning is a big part, which I think goes back to kind of my earlier statement of you can't expect to be a master pianist or a master crocheter after your first 30 hours of practice and training. It requires time. It, it requires time. And so sometimes that flexibility comes with point, time and experience. Right? Where we have to spend our, the way we spend our time, right, is shows, where shows we what care. we value and what we care about, right? And so. Yeah, I, I think that all of this is tying together really nicely, but it's it's really interesting. I, I think another thing to how to cultivate adaptability in our own lives and something really important to highlight is what you what you praise is what you value, right? And so what are you rewarding 
What are you, are you rewarding people for failing? Are you giving people the option to fail and then crushing their dreams by telling them that they failed? Or are you lifting that up and saying, hey, thank you for making this attempt. Let's figure out how we can move forward and let's be adaptable. So how are we cultivating this through our actions and our words and how we're um, treating the people who are failing? When they, when they fall, are we laughing at them when they fall or are we helping them lift back up and stand? I think that's really important as well. And we see Sokka get lifted up yes. several times yes, throughout this do. episode. Absolutely. And I think that's what leads him to be so successful in, in the changing of the plans. And we've seen, we see Aang get lifted up too. He's nervous. He gets talked up. He gets said, hey, you're, you've prepared for this. You've right? got this. You've got this. Yes. He kisses Katara. Let's talk about that. Okay. So, like, I, and I think that like I'm tying this to preparation. So like when we are in a place where we are approaching a massive change this being a like i wonder if ang is saying i may never see her again right i think that's where it comes from yeah I mean, he says that yeah what what ha what if everything changes after this and I, I i think we prepare our ourselves and we prepare for the future and we prepare for the worst outcomes right often when we're put back into a corner, right? Or we're faced with a really big thing and we prepare for the worst outcome, which I think is valid, but... But I, we do that more more so than anything, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the shower. How many arguments have you had in the shower about a situation that is never actually going to show up? <laughs> I saw a meme recently that was somebody, like, arguing, like, talking to themselves in the shower, saying, 10% of my time spent singing, 90% of my time spent arguing with myself about... <laughs> What like, you were just yeah, right? About. Like, yeah. if you're in the situation, it's like when they say this, I'm gonna say this, and then when they say this, I'm gonna say this, and yeah. then when the actual moment happens, it's, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing that you did and and how it made me feel, and that person immediately goes, oh my goodness, you're so right. Like, I realized that I did that the moment that it happened, and I'm so sorry. And you're like, I, I had a 45 minute argument, <laughs> diatribe, brand. <laughs> and well, and it's, and, and to be fair, let's be real. If we don't go into that conversation the right way, we might get that. Correct. We might get that diatribe. It might might be like, I don't think preparing that way is the best way. Like, but that's another conversation. But moral of the but story we is, do it, and I think that's the part yes, of it. exactly. I think you're right. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's all I have to say about the kiss. But I mean, there might be more. What are your? Do you have any other thoughts on that? No. Um. Yeah. I, no. It's a. It's a kiss. Yep, they kissed. Cool, cool. Their first kiss. We saw them do it the episode prior, but it was not a real. It was, it was a, a daydream, daydream kiss. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same. Um, you're my forever girl. <laughs> you're my forever girl, baby. Uh, and then them being super uh, oogie in all the uh, comics. Oh, God. Such sweeties. Ugh. A lot of pet names. Uh, oh. That is tough for me. I loved it. I uh, <laughs> for them yes i not something i personally oh, no, enjoy. not for me either but like i i thought it was super on brand um okay other moments of preparedness or preparation that you noticed in the in the in the episode yeah i love ang shaving his head yeah i think that's just him getting back to his authentic self and i think it's that for him that is preparing I, and i think that's an important step it's a, of preparation well, it's a, it's a, is to mentally get yourself into a space before you do things that is... I think it's more than mental. We see that it's an... It, especially we see in Korra that when they shave their head, they're better able to sense uh, the air, right? Correct. It's, a, it's an airbending thing when they shave their heads. So 
I think that's it's there, he's going into battle, and so he's preparing for that. But I th- yes, I also yes, think it's very it mental a, shift. I've been hiding. Yes, and I am now going to stop hiding. Um, and I think you got taking the time before you do things, like your day, like starting your day. And I'm not saying everyone needs to shave their head every single day, but I think, <laughs> but I think taking intentional time to think about what you're grateful for to mentally prepare for the day ritualizing it to if you will. meditate and just think about what's going on to start your day is is a nice thing to do and i think it can be very helpful and you'll benefits 100 percent. um and so as long as you're adding that intention and repetition repetition and attention shout out to casper thank you casper that you're that you're really setting yourself up for success. And I think that that might help you better prepare for when things don't go as planned. Yeah. Yeah. And if this is the first episode you're listening to, you can go back to listen about ritual. We had a wonderful guest, Casper Turkile, on uh, season three, episode two, the headband. So check that out if you haven't already. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I noticed uh, was that the, probably the most important moment of preparation in my book uh, on this episode was Aang's glider has a snack compartment. You're going to get hungry. I think like that's brilliant. You got to make sure your sugar levels are where they yeah, need to be. You know what? He's going into battle and he realized he was hungry. Like Let's get some almonds, get that energy. Yeah. How important is that? And I think that's, I think that's probably the, the pivotal preparedness that I saw. <laughs> Making sure you got a snack. Yeah. That's kind of real though. I mean, in a way, yes, <laughs> but like, I was being facetious, but I also agree with you that being hungry is not okay when you're about to get into an. Well, and also how just that, if it doesn't hurt, to do those things to prepare, he could have easily not put a compartment in there. Absolutely. And Ang wrote like when he got it initially was like this is silly. Oh, it did come it, in handy. It came in handy, and I I think we do that, and sometimes I think we do that adamantly, because it's not a part of my plan. Yeah. If I'm working on a team, you do something, and because it's not a part of my plan, I'm like, it's not necessary. We're not doing it. Yep. And it becomes more than what it is. But if it's a thing that's kind of like, no, it's it's there. We'll use it if we need it. Hey, aren't we happy we had it? Yep. Great. Um, but I remember being on teams and, and actively being almost angry at people when suggesting things off the initial plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I think it's worth highlighting it. And it's a it's a joke in this show, but I think it's worth highlighting that sometimes just having a little bit extra something there for us to be a little bit more prepared just in case can be helpful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I love it. Any other things from this episode you want to highlight? Because uh, uh, next episode's kind of a doozy. I have I have two. All right, let's two do things. It. One, who spending the beginning of the invasion preparing for a seaweed assault? It really reminds me of this initial quote from from Lincoln, right? That. It's been the first four Pants hours. are an illusion. Yes, right? And so, like, he spends the first part of the invasion, and they're, eventually they're like, where's who? Mm-hmm. And he comes out as a swamp monster, and he comes, like... He helps. Wreaking some havoc. He helps. And I think that he would not been have he would not have been nearly as effective in this battle had he not done that. Correct. And I think that that just really goes to show that it's sometimes it it takes time to prepare, but that time can be worth it. So... Absolutely. I thought that was a neat little little thing. Take a reasonable amount of time on the front end to deal with something. Yes. So you don't have to take an unreasonable amount of time on the back end dealing with it. Yes. I and love Brene Brown. He would have never been able to 
to pull those vines together if he would have waited longer. He had Absolutely. to take the time to prepare. So, uh, man, I, he does some damage. I love me some who. He's great. Hugh. Who? Hugh. What? Hugh. So the Fire Nation. His name is Hugh. I don't think he would have been nearly. The Fire Nation would have been nearly as prepared without notice. Do you think that they are constantly this? They have this much firepower at their gates? Because my answer is there's no way. I think that a nation that is clearly dominant that has been on the offensive for over a hundred years, there's no way that their defense is this strong. I think absolutely it is. You I, do? I think it, it and it's when you study groups that, when you study groups that have such a heavy focus on nationalism and our nation first, one of the biggest things that comes with that is a massive military spending budget. I agree with that a lot of, for and, sure. And so I think that if you are constantly worried about, people getting in that these things are there and in place um, to make that happen. And so I don't know what triggered those things. It seems like with the ships coming up, I don't know if they, someone saw them or if it like well, triggered so, something, but those, those, those ropes look like they were permanently there. Like, no, the I agree. I there. think the gates of Azulon were not, were there. I think that there are certain like, but I think that having that much, Manpower, firepower, woman power. The Fire Nation has a lot of women in their enlistment. I don't know if y'all noticed that. But, yeah. Um, but in in general, I think that I just there's I really have a hard time believing that there was that much uh, at the at their gate. I also don't know. Well, it's it's near the palace, so maybe there's a reason why it's staffed that way. Maybe. Um, I don't know how many points of entry into the Fire Nation there are. It's an island, so yep. you would think several but i don't maybe that's not the case um that wasn't something that i understand why you feel that way that wasn't something that seemed off to me but it could just be they knew about it yep and that's that's my thought is that like i i don't i think that because they were forewarned that it was extra that there were extra people there or again because it's the day uh the day of the black sun, they're immediately, maybe no one's off that day. You know what I mean? Maybe it's one of the things like everyone has to work this day. Do you think everybody, know, like, I don't think that, do you think the fire nation knew that that was coming? Like, like, like yeah, even if they were Zhao figured it out, right? No, uh, like Zula overheard the, um, talking to the earth King, the earth King told Azula and that's how the fire nation knew. That's about right. This. And so it, this isn't from Zhao. Like, I don't think they knew about the eclipse. And so I, I, do you think my question is like, I feel like you've said it a few times. Do you think that the eclipse is just a common knowledge in the fire nation? Cause my answer is no. I think to maybe the people that have an awareness or have the resources to that knowledge would be yes. Cause we know that Zhao went to the library of Wan Chi Tong. And we know that he scoured all of these books because he burned half of the information afterwards. But, but he was looking for uh, information about the ocean and, and um, so, so doesn't on the northern water tribes could have also right? figured this out at the same time. Yeah, fair. Okay. If a full moon brings power and uh, an eclipse again weakens things, like I think that's. I think the understanding is, is that that is possible. I'm curious what our listeners think. Yeah, email this. us at thearchivee at gmail.com. Send Hit us, us up a voice on memo. BNB underscore pod. 
that's Twitter and Instagram where yeah. we post bonus content there, memes and yeah. And, and if you support us of the day. on Patreon, you can engage with us in conversation and ask questions like this to us. Yeah, and we'll talk more about our Patreon. Help as, us pick as we wrap up the uh, wrap up the episode. True, true, true. So, any other thing we want to highlight this before we take our quick break? Jump into our devotion and our gratitude. Yeah, Sokka Sokka is a is a total Sokka 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 is a total like boss in battle like dude can fight dude he's got a space sword dude can fight and that space sword is like legit like slices through metal like nobody's problem like it's 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 awesome everybody works well for a team that has not been working well together for a long time or like working together for a long time they really come together pretty well the swamp benders the earth benders all of these people are coming together in in a very positive way so in, in if I, war is positive, right? The last thing I, I think is that I have a question around is it seems a bit egotistical for Hakoda to send Katara and Sokka to one battlement and take the other by himself. So to rephrase that another way, to send a very powerful bender and a non-bender to go take a battlement and to go alone as a non-bender to take a battlement. It seems as though it would have been more appropriate planning. Uh, it seems like poor planning. Yeah. It seems like a lack of preparedness. And again, they're, they're being adaptable in this moment. And it was a split moment. What is it? Split second decision. But like, I, I, I would have liked to have had more caution from him as we do see he gets injured and we like Sokka and Katara have zero issue. And I, and I think if, if you had to split those three up, how would you split them? Sokka, Koda with one. Exactly. Then, but also it's because you brought up the point and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. It, but, it, but you see my, like, so I, 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 it's hard to be in, make judgment calls in the moment. I get that. And I think that part of that is his potential blind spot for the fact that these were his kids and he wanted them to be Protect together. each other. Yeah. He's willing to make sure that they're safe by protecting each other. Yeah. Um, because he knows they're good. But I don't know. But if does he, he know how, how good? good. Yeah. yeah. I just noticed that. I, I'm I don't know how much preparedness plays into it. But because Katara really freezes everybody, takes them all out. Sokka just Like they have zero shoves zero the, issue. Shoves the you know, gun. Yeah. So I just wanted to lift that moment up. Yeah, it's lifted. All right. Before we jump into our quick break, Max, you got anything you want to add? Not at this time. All right. Well, we will take a quick break. Classic. And then we will jump back in with our devotion and our gratitude. We'll be right back. Hey, all this is Sunshine from Bending Not Breaking. And this is Ben Pruitt. And we want to talk to you about our Patreon page. So we are looking. We have a goal so we can start recording Season 1 Legend of Korra. Love Korra. Really want to engage with it. To be able to do that and support all the pieces in, 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 of the puzzle that come together to make this show and to make it happen, we are looking for 50 patrons as our goal to meet, to support this show so that we can do that season. Because yeah. we really want to. So if you love this show, or if you really like this show, or if you don't like this show but you still want us to do Legend of Korra, 
that would be a, a way to support. And with that comes joining our online Facebook community of patrons and talking about each of the episodes. Getting a say in our lenses. Getting to choose lenses. Uh, getting bonus episodes. Ooh, where, that's fun. Where Max gets to choose some things that we watch and do this with. Um, and then also getting episodes early and also going through live episodes with, with Ben and I where we choose new lenses and start the whole series over. Um, so all those perks are on Patreon. Go check it out. Um, yeah. Patreon.com slash BNB underscore pod. And just to be transparent about what that money is going to, it is making sure that we can do this and more than just like putting money in our pocket, right? It's helping us buy microphones. It's helping us ensure that the quality of what we're producing is effective. But in addition to that, we're looking to hire someone to take on a little bit more so that we can engage with you better on social media and in general in our online presence. And so for now, if you're interested, we're looking for a volunteer social media coordinator for the for the podcast and we hope that with our 50 patrons we will actually turn that into a monetized role where we can pay you uh and we want that to be something that turns into something that helps us engage with you better and don't forget that a portion of all of our patreon proceeds go to a new nonprofit every single month and so if you want to support uh the community or there are ways to to make tangible change that is one way to do it as well yeah Absolutely. And you can see the, we are very transparent about who we're giving to. We post that on our social media. So join us in supporting the community, helping us do better. Now on to the show. You have reached the voicemail box of Bending Not Breaking. Please leave a message after the tone. Even though you'll probably fail over and over again, you have to try every time. You can't quit because you're afraid you might fail. Zuko. This is what I love about Zuko and what I try to embody in my own life. He doesn't give up. He gets up and tries again. He never gave up on finding the Avatar, even though it it was a fool's errand. However, when he is faced with the evidence and his own guilt, he knew he had to change. Not give up, but help the one he thought he was destined to find. For my practice, I will not give up on my craft, the way that Zuko never gave up on his bending. When we first met Zuko, he was struggling with the basics. And when he went to show his father how his bending skills when he was a kid, he completely failed. But now, when he breathes, fire is with him. I knit and crochet, and one thing I challenged myself to do is to do techniques that scare me. I'm still learning, but I've gotten pretty good. I've worked on it for about seven years. I will continue to do the hard things, even if failure presents itself. I will keep on trying. Jessica, thank you so much for sending that voicemail in. And it just perfectly fits with this episode and this conversation, this understanding of how much work and and effort and failing and trying and continuing uh, really is all under this idea of preparing over time for the future. And I think that it is absolutely beautiful. Um, thank you for, for sharing that with us, and thank you for leaving that voicemail. Also, thanks for engaging with us uh, on Facebook. We see you, and we appreciate you. And thank you. I, I love your preparedness. And all the things that you crochet yeah, and knit and, and all that fun stuff. You're putting love out into the world. She did a wonderful uh, white jade flower lotus. Or delectable tea or deadly, deadly poison. poison. So go check that out wherever you, you can find those things yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the Facebook. Um, let's jump into our devotion. Looking at preparedness through air. 
Ben, what you got? So bear with me here, but I like to bake. And one of the things I've been doing is I have been uh, with quarantine along with all the other millennial uh, population. uh, I've started a sourdough starter and it's good. Yeah. I've been making bread. And uh, one of the things that sourdough baking sourdough bread has taught me is that you can't rush the process it's something that you you have to take time and you it takes a lot of preparation in order to get that bread and in order to do it you have to you have to develop this yeast culture in in your starter and that takes uh, a week at minimum to get then you have to feed it every day you have to it's it takes time it's like raising a little child and then once you've spent all that preparation you then have to start the process of turning that into a loaf of bread, and so you have to uh, knead your dough with the with the yeast and let it uh, permeate throughout the dough, and then you have to let it cultivate, and that takes a rising process of three hours, and then you have to knead it again and form your dough into the shape you're looking for, and then you have to let it rise again, and during that those moments of rest, that's when your pockets of air are getting into your loaf of bread. And those pockets of air are what makes it light and fluffy. And that's, that's those, those, those yeast pockets. And those, those bubbles are what make bread delicious. And I, I'm, I'm thinking about this in terms of preparedness. It takes time, but part of the preparation to make that bread is letting it rest. And I want to take time to prepare my body, my mind, my emotional state, by intentionally resting. And so what I've been doing pretty poorly is when I go into my bed, I've been searching my phone, been doing other things in my bed, and it has been I've been really struggling with sleep. And so in order to kind of combat that, I want to make that space, I want to be more restful intentionally uh, making that space a place of rest. And so that, that's what I'm going to be doing this week is really focusing on my rest as a form of preparation. And that's so beautiful because it's so important. It's so important to be able to do that and to be able to just rest. So let me know how I can help support you in that. Thank you. Mine is going to be, I really love that moment of Aang shaving his head so he can better feel the air mm. um, to be better prepared to go into the day. And so I, you're going to shave your head? Every morning. Every morning. Now. Um, but what I am going to do is I'm really going to focus on that time of meditation. I want to to, cru- to really focus on taking intentional time to be grateful and show gratitude in the morning, uh, to think about my day, um, and, and really feel the air and, and, and feel how that can, can shift the trajectory of the day that is ahead of, of me. So I think that's what I would like to do as my kind of devotion this week. Awesome. Yeah. Max, what are you going to do? Same old, same old. Cool, cool, cool. Maybe cool. make some small tweaks here and there, right? Uh, progress, not uh, perfection. Uh, right. Yep. Absolutely. Fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. All right. Uh, gratitude time. Gratitude. I like gratitude. Let's show some gratitude. Mm. I'm going to show gratitude to Sokka this week. Sokka. And we've talked man. a lot about him, and that's just, so I think I, I, you understand why. But I just the fact that he is able to to do this to accomplish this task to be flexible it just shows the amount of preparation that went ahead of this ahead of this invasion and i think it also shows how tough it is to see how well you're doing when you're in it 
and how tough to how tough it is to feel uh, recognized or to be able to accept that recognition. And I think that um, he really finds himself and 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 understands that he's worthy of love and worthy of compassion, um, and that he's he is enough. And I think that that's really important. I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thanks. So okay. yay, Sokka. Yeah, Sokka's, Sokka's great. I always I always am a fan. So uh, we talked about Ming uh, a bit earlier, but I, I want to dive in a little bit more to why I'm, I'm grateful for Ming. Um, also, for those of you who didn't know, voiced by Serena Williams, super cool. Yeah, uh, that just, is a little fun tidbit. Know, that is a fun little tidbit. Um, but so... There's a lot of. Before you jump into it, we I, we we talked about this on a couple episodes ago, where I said most Avatar fans yep. know that she did this. And what did I, you learn? I took a Facebook poll, or uh, an Instagram poll. Uh, turns out, it turns out that I was wrong. It does not. It might not be common uh-huh. knowledge. Yeah. So I was wrong. I love that you admitted that. Thank it's you. It's tough. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. So I'm I'm grateful for her because. When we are kind to those of us with less power, uh, to people in service roles, to people in, to people who are not as privileged as we are, I, I think that makes a huge impact. And often it's an unseen impact, uh, but it's an impact nonetheless. And uh, I, I, there's a, there's a phrase where judge a, judge a person, not how he, he treats his peers, but how he treats his inferiors, uh, not his superiors, but his inferiors. Um, and Iroh in no way is treated as an inferior. He's treated as a, as a human being. Right. And I think that's really important, um, to how we treat people is we want to treat people as if they are human always with, with dignity. And I think Ming does that. And I love how we see Iroh give her grace by, preparing her for what is to come and it's because she built that relationship and i i'm just really grateful for that kind of leadership i think that's an important highlight in that is that because there's a line there's a line when you're in a privileged position and you are being Ab- kind of absolutely. what is saviorism yes versus just being kind and compassionate and building the relationship and it's, how and how that's a pretty big difference in that. Well, and I think the baseline is treating people with human dignity. And understanding their needs by getting to know them. Yes. Not just assuming you know them and saying, well, you need this and I'm going to do this for you. And look at me. I'm a philanthropist and I do these things. And yay me. Because it's about yeah. you. As opposed to I'm going to get to know you. I'm going to to learn you and I know I'm you treat like, you as human. I know you like tea and I know I, you like, like this specific teas. type of tea. And so I'm like bringing he, you a rare tea because you like it. And that's such a, a human moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for that and for her leadership there. Absolutely. Oh, what a great episode. Thank y'all so much for listening. Mm, thank Our you. Patrons of the week. Oh, we are love them. Jasmine V and Alec S. Thank, thank y'all so much for your you support. Thank you so much. It means the world to us. Love engaging with you on the Facebook group. But thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this has been Pruitt. And Max was on the dials. This is Bending Not Breaking. We'll be back next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.